the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education. We don't need no thoughts control. Get ready to take notes, because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. And welcome to Education America, where we are taking steps to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Come along with us every Saturday night here on AM 1280 The Patriot from 6 to 6.30 p.m., where K-12 education is the playing field. And as the 16th President Abraham Lincoln so rightly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. I'm Mark Durkin, and I'm joined by my co-host and founder of Liberty Classical Academy once again, Rebecca Hagstrom. Mm-hmm. Well, America's institutions in this day are constantly using words like tolerance and understanding and equality, and specific phrases such as racial equity, gender identity, and we hear much about critical race theory in our schools across the country. The powers behind COVID mandates in America and across the world are promising that their directives are for your safety, and we're all in this together, yet so many millions of Americans are now threatened with being ostracized from participating in society and across the world. Well, such words and concepts are presented today carrying specific meanings, but are these meanings intended to deliver what they appear to promise? As former Soviet political prisoner Alexander Sosenitsyn warned more than a quarter of a century ago, we are approaching a major turning point in world history, in the history of civilization. It is a juncture in which settled concepts suddenly become hazy and lose their precise contours, at which our familiar and commonly used words lose their meaning, become empty shells and methods which have been reliable for many centuries, no longer work. Our guests tonight have launched the Twin Cities chapter of FAIR, the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism, a nonpartisan national grassroots organization that is dedicated to advancing civil rights and liberties for all Americans. That's right. And back in studio tonight from the newly created Twin Cities chapter of FAIR are chapter leaders Jeff Campbell and Andrea Shearer. Mr. Campbell has practiced business-related law for over 20 years. He coaches high school cross-country and mock trial and is passionate about helping return America to the place where each American is judged by the content of their character and not by their race or any other immutable characteristic. And Andrea Schur has practiced nursing in various capacities for nearly 20 years. She joined FAIR because she is dedicated to a commitment to truth, compassion, and defeating evil, not people. And she is passionate about defending civil rights and liberties for all Americans. Thank you both for joining us tonight again on Education America. 
Thanks for having us back. Yes, glad to have you back. So last week we ended um, with without really being able to finish the conversation that we were having. So we're going to start right there. And we were about to talk about some of the uh, language that has been hijacked. And so one of the crucial advocacy points that the FAIR website mentions um, is that, um, well, I guess I should take a look at this more closely. Sorry. One of the crucial advocacy points that the FAIR website mentions is advocating for individuals who are threatened or persecuted for speech or who are held to a different set of rules for language or conduct based on their skin color, ancestry, or other immutable characteristics. Um, Let's focus on speech and different sets of rules for language. As FAIR works to defend civil liberties, what are some of the key words and concepts that have been hijacked, and how are they being used today in an agenda that isn't what it seems? I like the word hijacked very much in that I'll never forget the first time I read an article where the definitions had been flipped. Yes. And I was seriously doubting my comprehension of a paragraph right. and had to reread it a few times. <laughs> but um, I think it's it's fair to say that um, the words are always changing. And it's it's it has been a challenge to keep up with the actual definitions that stay true to what our fair principles are. Right. So while I'm not an expert in, in language, but... I will continue to learn. Let's start with the big one, mm-hmm. the, the term anti-racism. Mm-hmm. The, the other side assumes that systemic racism is baked into the very fabric of our country mm-hmm. and that anti-racism means eliminating the systems. Mm-hmm. Well, if we go a little bit further, um, it also means then to practice a lifelong commitment to fight the systemic racism if you're on that side. And one has to accept this idea that systemic racism penetrates everything in American society, Mm -hmm. and therefore it needs to be rooted out or destroyed, and including to get rid of things like the Constitution and everything it means to be American. And when you function from that, that definition, it truly goes to the contrary of what we believe at FAIR. Mm -hmm. And we simply define anti-racism as being opposed to racism, and we are reclaiming that definition. So important. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, really, what they're looking at, anti-racism, it's it's almost a revolution. A bloodless revolution is what they're seeking to do. It's an accusation against a whole people group. Yes, exactly. Right. Some of the other words that sound great, but when you look underneath them, they're, they're, they're not. So if we look at the term diversity... Mm-hmm. It's not true diversity, but mm-hmm. it's identity-based approaches to society. Mm-hmm. And that's just simply not what that, that word represents. That's actual racism. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, equity is not equality, and mm-hmm. equity in the other side's opinion is proportional representation by gender, race, class, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And that, we need to reclaim that as well. Mm-hmm. Inclusion is another word, and it does not necessarily mean including all, but mm-hmm. rather it makes people feel welcome by banning anything that people might find offensive. Well, when we talk about the definition of being human, unique, and diverse, that's totally contrary to that. So as an organization, we're going to continue to take back the definitions of these words, Mm -hmm. and we're all for unity, not division. These words are dividing. Yes, they are. Great, great description of those words and what they have become to mean now today. And I'm so glad that you're working to take those meanings back. I still remember reading uh, Animal Farm oh, yeah. uh, in, yes. uh, I think, middle school. And, uh, you know, how the, the language subtly shifted, you mm-hmm. know, almost from page to page. 
And uh, I, I just never thought I'd be living through right. uh, that. Yeah, playing it out. I've had that same thought. I read that book back in middle school or high school, too. And I just, I never thought I'd be seeing it playing out. And even the Solzhenitsyn quote that you mm-hmm. said at the beginning of both of these shows, Mark, mm-hmm. um, that's exactly what's happening. Yep. You know, meanings are getting hazy and they take advantage of that. People get confused and that's what they want. What is the FAIR organization doing nationally, Jeff, um, to get those words back? Sure. And I just want to take the opportunity to encourage anyone who is interested in joining us in this fight uh, to go to uh, the fairforall.org uh, uh, website mm-hmm. and sign up as a member. And if you have the time and inclination to, to sign up as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and and it's a wonderful organization. I'm just going to go through a few of the things that, on a national level, uh, Fair is doing to combat all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I'll mention is the K-12 Pro-Human Learning Standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, in Minnesota, as you're aware, uh, the social studies standards were just a second draft of them was just re- uh, revealed, mm-hmm. and uh, very disturbing on a number of fronts. And hopefully, we get a chance to talk about that. But mm-hmm. the uh, the Fair standards are truly pro-human. Human, and they focus on, um, you know, sort of what we conditional consider more traditional, um, truly diverse, truly open-minded approach to history mm-hmm. in social mm-hmm. studies. Um, second thing I'll mention is proposed legislation. Mm-hmm. Fair is involved in proposing legislation, for example, focusing on transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they want is to give the right to parents to review and inspect curriculum without cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also to make it illegal to divide children by race in classrooms mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for any purpose. Did you hear what just happened? Was that in Atlanta? A black a black woman was told that her child could not have the teacher she was requesting for her child by another black woman because that class isn't for the black kids. Oh. She is now suing, of course, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine that she's not going to win. I mean, this is blatantly... It's outrageous, yeah. and it's, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're pushing every boundary they possibly can, yeah. um, and that kind of leads to the third point um, that, you know, on a national level, FAIR is, inv- is engaged in legal advocacy work um, mm-hmm. at the state and uh, local level, um, and just as an example, and this is a local example, uh, Dr. Tara uh, Castillo, who is a Harvard-educated physician in the Hennepin uh, County Healthcare System, oh, yes. Um, highly successful woman, mm-hmm. uh, chair of the OBGYN um, group there, in fact. She also happens to be a Filipino. Mm-hmm. Now, they had started to push a racially segregated care at the Hennepin Healthcare Center, mm-hmm. which is unreal, but it was happening, and she objected um, on her personal Facebook page, not even at work. Uh, they removed her as the chair. Uh, Unbelievable. And because she she didn't, her views didn't align with her race. (laughs) And I mean, just think about that for a second. Yeah. Um, And with Fair's help, uh, she sued and filed an EEOC claim. That's good. Uh, So the fourth thing I'll mention is the Profiles in Courage, which I believe Andrew mentioned last week. Uh, And those are a series of stories uh, detailing the, the courageous stands that various people are taking. Most of these involve litigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are, they're very interesting and, and really quite terrifying in many respects. Right. And um, if, yep. if, the, if these don't if these don't win, <laughs> if these cases don't win, it's going to be really disturbing. 
because yeah. these seem so blatant and outright. I read the case about this Dr. Castillo. I think I actually got it from your emails. Mm-hmm. And um, I was appalled that this happened to her. And right. I, to me, it seems like a cut and dry case. And so it'll be very interesting to see what happens. It should be a cut and dry case. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. every day things keep getting stranger and you think right. this can't possibly be. <laughs> right. right. got to be, yes. you know, right. onion is going out of business. <laughs> yes, Unfortunately. exactly. And last thing I'll mention that, that they're doing is is what we're doing here is forming state chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the state chapters really are all about grassroots organization. It's getting the parents involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are some of the things the national organization uh, has been doing. Mm-hmm. And how about locally, Andrea? Right, right. So those grassroots organizations that are forming in each state across the United States mm-hmm. all look a little bit different. But here in Minnesota, we really are focusing in on the development of subchapters within each school district. Good. And so what we're doing is we're looking at our membership and volunteer lists and trying to um, analyze what school districts parents live in. Mm-hmm. And as we're doing that, um, some parents are coming forward and sharing their documents of the equity policies and statements that yes. are being put in front of the school board. Some of them have passed. Right. And um, so what we're doing with that language to get the words back um the groups are asking the school board, please define this for us. Mm-hmm. What does diversity mean in the school? What does mm-hmm. equity mean in the school? What is inclusion and some of these other real um, terms that they're they're trying to go after, like mm-hmm. productive discomfort and implicit bias and equity nice. thinking? And they're 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 asking them to explain these documents. Good. So as we're forming these subchapters, we're also getting the word out. So we're exposing and making people aware Mm -hmm. and like myself I wasn't aware that half of this was going on and now Mm -hmm. that other parents are becoming aware it's like fire it's spreading you're seeing things in the media where parents are Mm -hmm. speaking to the school board some politely some not (laughs) some are very angry yes but um at a a local level we're able to provide everything that Jeff just outlined from the national because the local the beautiful thing about this organization is that the national is going to support the local yes. and not every grassroots organization has that right. national support right. so our fair resources like a fair advocacy toolkit if you become a member by going to our fair for all website becomes available to you That's it great. teaches you how to talk about to someone that believes in CRT it talks yeah. talks about different topics great. that that are really pertinent right now can but you I, just give us, again, the address for your website yep. so that they can look up that toolkit? Yeah, www.fairforall.org. And is it four as in the number four? F-O-R. Or spell it out? Yep, F O R. The number, right, you know. <laughs> right. Yes. So on the local level, you are truly, if you become a member of FAIR at the Twin Cities chapter, you're going to have access to all these resources that is going to help you take these words back, advocate for your kids, and create that generational change that we're really looking and that, for. And there, there needs to be education at the grassroots level. Mm-hmm. The troops yes. have to be on the ground, you know, and yes. have that imagery going into, you know, building relationships with people. It's not going to come by listening to a person's favorite politician with the promises that are made using <laughs> verbiage and vocabulary right. that's not understood. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, here in Minnesota, you know, we were just talking a little bit, uh, Jeff, you were mentioning the social study standards. Let's focus on those for just a moment. They were just released a couple of weeks ago. Having reviewed the second draft, what do you find especially disturbing if we can give some specific examples in these proposed standards, and based on how you've described your chapter and organization, what might FAIR's response to the standards sound like, if you can give us a little bit of a, a glimpse on that? Right. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. The, the standards were released um, a week ago, uh, Friday, mm-hmm. 
and a number of disturbing things about it. First of all, uh, it's a second draft. First draft was uh, released, I believe, over Christmas of last year. Mm -hmm. So they have a habit of releasing these uh, at times when parents are not around or are otherwise occupied Christmas time and here Mm -hmm. end of summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second of all, they only allow two weeks of time to respond. Now, it was a 168-page document. Right. And you're asking parents who aren't – this isn't what they you know, focus on – to review this and provide substantive feedback in a two-week time window. So mm-hmm. we, we get the strong sense they really don't want any feedback on these. <laughs> no. Uh, then we get to the actual content of these uh, standards. Um, and, you know, so the, the three things I think are most disturbing about them is their focus on group identity, mm-hmm. uh, their focus on oppression narratives, mm-hmm. and then also their focus on uh, activism, mm-hmm. you know, on creating young activists. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the scariest thing for me in, in reviewing this were, were that, they, and they break them down by grade blocks, so that the K to three were the heaviest for these oppression narratives and for the activism and for the group identity. Mm-hmm. I noticed that too. The youngest, yeah. yeah. And as mm-hmm. you got closer to high school, it started to get sound more and more rational. Now, obviously, the the goal here is I, I think they figure if they can get the the youngest kids mm-hmm. uh, in the right direction, they don't have to worry about it much anymore because they've already been formed mm-hmm. or misformed. I, I guess I totally say. agree with you on that, Jeff. Right. And interestingly, some of the words that they use in those K three documents are words that we would use at the rhetoric level: analyze, evaluate. Thinking, you, you don't analyze and evaluate when you're in kindergarten um, or first or second or even third grade. I mean, you analyze and evaluate when you're in high school and you've formed all of the content knowledge so that you can form opinions and you can analyze things and evaluate them and then come up with an opinion and defend it. But absolutely not in not in kindergarten through second grade. And yet those words were resurfacing over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And I found that that, yeah, they were way beyond anything that you would ever expect in lower school. But you know that they will be interpreted. It will be the teacher that does that. That's right? what and happens. They will then mm-hmm. um, teach those kids what they want them to know. So, again, um, teaching kids specific information rather than teaching them how to learn. We're going to teach them what to learn. It's entirely mm-hmm. age inappropriate. And is. as important as what's in there is what's not in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what they're not, what, you know, what they're not including uh, are any reference, positive references uh, to our nation, its founding and its history. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Uh, and so uh, what we're, you know, we've already sort of responded, Mark, uh, in yeah. the first instance, we analyzed the 168 pages over the weekend after they came out. We produced a document that summarized the most egregious examples of that so the parents could okay. focus in on, on what was going on. And then we provided the parents with an instruction sheet uh, how uh, they can effectively respond to this. The fight isn't over, obviously. There probably will be another draft, uh, and there's still time, even after the uh, August 16th uh, period passes. That's when the comment period ends. So anyone listening... Uh, uh, you know, we've missed that period. Uh, but the fight will go on because, uh, you know, you could still pressure politicians. And you and as you alluded to, <laughs> off a lot of this stuff comes down to what the individual teachers are doing, because regardless of what the yeah. curriculum standards say, yeah. right. at the board level, that's where they choose the, the materials that yeah. are going to be brought into the classroom. That's right. So you, folks are still going to have a chance to influence this if they get organized, join FAIR, 
and uh, start to you know apply influence and pressure to mm-hmm. these board mm-hmm. uh, school boards. Yes. And yes. one thing we learned the other day um, is it's not going to stop with social studies. They're moving on to oh, math. F- and oh, they're I moving know. on to things that are just unbelievable within those curric- within, within yeah. the curriculums. Well, I even received an email from MDE this summer as a school leader saying that they are changing the rules for science. And I thought, rules? Rulemaking for science. And it was like a two-page document, rather short. The first page was innocuous, but the second page had um, a very specific thing that comes out of the critical race theory movement that basically says they will be teaching kids um, outside of the scientific method to to evaluate information on the basis of people groups' traditions, wow. such as indigenous uh, people, and wow. as though science can just be just decided upon whatever you know your tradition. Well, for is, them, it can be. You know, they, everything is ideological. Yes, that's exactly right. right. But I think again, parents are really unaware. Right. I think people think, oh, the scientific method that would be safe. No, no. it's not no. safe. Nothing. Math is not math safe. Is math is not safe, and nothing is safe. The grading is not safe. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm again. It's it's pretty shocking. Um, Jeff, how do we educate these folks as to the true meanings of these words and concepts that are serving a destructive agenda today? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that the, the first key is is just awareness, mm-hmm. right? That's where where Andrea and I were you know, really not long ago was not, was not being aware of where mm-hmm. this is, and that's what fair exists to do. First of all, is to raise awareness and make people understand this really is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second thing is provide people with the tools they need to effectively fight back. Mm-hmm. You know, the children are the key. We went on, we, we said this before, uh, and we have to do this. Uh, if you care about the future of the country, if you care about where this is all going, if you want your kids and grandkids to have what we had, um, you know, uh, I think, Mark, you mentioned, you know, we can't trust politicians. We're citizens, mm-hmm. and that entails certain responsibilities. And so we can no longer sort of sit by passively and hope uh, that someone does something about this. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned courage and other words like that earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, with all that's going on, you know, they're applying a lot of psychological pressure yes. uh, with the cancellations, with the threats, with the doxing, with all this sort of really mm-hmm. uh, nefarious behavior. And all this is designed to keep you, uh, keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to find the courage to, to stand up and speak out for our children and our future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well said. Andrea, in today's world, you know, we, we dissenting thought, it's immediately discredited. We are in the process of seeing how people are being shouted down, canceled, um, organizations also, not only persons that wish to engage in the free exchange of ideas. Um, in fact, that's what really has made college campuses so nice, you know, in years past is the fact it was to be a place for this free exchange of ideas. And that is rapidly being uh, shut down as well. You know, engaging in debate is a staple. It's to our God-given First Amendment rights. So how would you define respectful disagreement, and how does your organization support respectful disagreement in ways of encouraging our culture to get back to engaging with one another in a civil and respectful manner? Sure. Uh, Within our fair pledge, it's built in, this respectful disagreement, the foundation of that and the definition, um, to be open-minded, to seek to understand opinions or behavior that are not necessarily ones that we agree with, and that we strive to be tolerant and consider other points of view that are in conflict with our prior convictions. Mm-hmm. And if we have this open dialogue, um, we can respectfully disagree, and we need to dialogue. Mm-hmm. Hands down, we just need yeah. to dialogue. And within our organization, again, being nonpartisan and right and left or not knowing what 
affiliation people have. This was unique about this organization, and we're striving to become a community of people that are united and dialoguing with those that, mm-hmm. that don't necessarily agree. Yeah, it's a great example. And then we're also living in a time when absolute objective truth is deemed intolerant. We hear the common catchphrase, your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, as an organization um, that, fa- like, that FAIR is, that believes in the reality of objective truth. Um, how do you encourage people in helping them find absolute objective truth? Right. Well, the, the first thing to do is to speak it. There you okay, go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so obvious, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It sounds obvious, but it's not always happening. So you got to stand up for it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do believe that as citizens we have a duty um, and, and a duty to not just, you know, ourselves but to future generations. Um, and then, you know, uh, find an organization. I would recommend FAIR. Uh, but find an organization that uh, stands up for the for those kinds of values. Mm-hmm. That stands up for our First Amendment rights uh, and uh, the true ability to exercise those rights without these consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll say it again: Fair promotes a very positive vision. Uh, that's what got Andrea and I into it, mm-hmm. and I think that's what's going to carry us through to victory. Because mm-hmm. telling the truth um, is going to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. That mm-hmm. positive messaging and, and mm-hmm. our common humanity is going to carry us forward. Yeah. Yep. And I think what needs to be you know repeated, and I mentioned this a little bit last week too, it's, it's listening to others. Right. You mm-hmm. know, to listen to others is to, in a sense, I think, bring the defenses down from people mm-hmm. who have right. an opposing view, and it allows for the opportunity for dialogue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, um, we talked also, you know, we've been talking about restoring civil dialogue. Jeff, take a few moments to share, you know, just the tenets again of the fair pledge that aims to restore respectful dialogue. Yeah, sure, uh, Mark. So the, the three basic tenets in our pledge, and the pledge is something that all people who join uh, fair are asked to take. Uh, the first tenet of it is fairness, um, not surprisingly. And, and that really what that entails is the notion and it's, it's odd to even have to state this, but that everyone should be treated equally mm-hmm. regardless of the color of their skin or any other immutable characteristic. Mm-hmm. Just plain old equal, equal treatment. Mm-hmm. The second is understanding. And that goes to what you were talking about, Mark, and that is listening. Just the ability to hear your fellow citizens, mm-hmm. the, the idea that no, we're not always going to agree on, on these various points, but that we have a common set of ground rules for how we're going to engage mm-hmm. and resolve these differences. Mm-hmm. And finally, humanity. And that's the notion that, look, we all share a unique, you know, we're all unique as individuals, but we all share fundamental commonalities as human beings. And we need to respect those. And it goes back to Andrea's favorite uh, idea there, and that is, you know, love and not hate. Right. You know, that we, we look charitably upon each other. So those are the, the three basic tenets, Mark, that we ask everyone who's joining FAIR to, t- uh, to, to pledge to. And I think also, too, to really be able to love another person, you have to not feel like you're threatened by that person mm-hmm. oftentimes that would help. and that's yeah. the thing in, in the dialogue when there are you know you know polar opposite you know views on something i think what happens is people bring in this idea of thought i'm threatened by you therefore i cannot listen to you mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Uh, get absolutely. past that yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep well we're quickly running out of time here and so maybe we can summarize in these last couple of questions um we were going to ask you about the variety of people that you seek to equip across the twin cities and then also um the school district level you know what the purposes of the fair ch- subchapters are 
Uh, maybe you can kind of tie all of that together, sure. Andrea. About 30 seconds. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, FAIR, the organization, is for everyone. Um, no one's excluded. Uh, we're looking to build our common humanity and to learn more about what that really means. Um, you can go to the fairforall.org website. And uh, we're looking for volunteers. We're looking for members, any way that you can participate. And if you're at a, at a school and you're interested in what's happening with your children, um, these subchapters will be being formed over the next um, months. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I would like to mention is we're having a um, all-members social. Mm-hmm. And you can go to our website. Uh, it's Saturday, August 21st, uh, Brookview Golden Valley. And we invite anyone to join and become a member and look for our website, uh, the Twin Cities chapter in um, the Twin Cities. And all the information on an Eventbrite invitation can be found there. Perfect. And the, again, the website is? www.fairforall.org. Very good. Thank you, Jeff and Andrea. So glad to Thank have you, you on the show tonight. Thank you so much. And uh, good luck. And we'll see you next, next time. Thank Thanks, you. Mark. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.